Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. I want to share with you a word that the Lord put in my spirit. I preached it before on this podcast, but it came back to my heart really heavy. And I don't know where the Lord's going to take it. I've been meditating in it very uh, in-depthly. And um, I just been studying this scriptures, these words. And I just can't seem to get this chapter out of my heart, out of my mind. And uh, I want to share it with you. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we ask you for your anointing to rise up within us, hover over us and around us and in us and anoint the calves of these lips and anoint our ears to hear as we speak, God, your holy word. God, this is you, you speaking to us. And we ask you to anoint our minds. We ask you, God, to manifest yourself in the name of Jesus. Allow us to see. Let us see what you're saying to us individually in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Psalm chapter 27. We're going to do our best to dissect this chapter, dive into it if we possibly can during this podcast. We have 45 minutes to do so. And I'm just going to obey the Holy Spirit and I'm just going to let him manifest. So we may end up doing two, three, part one, part three, you know, uh, just We must let the Holy Spirit have his way in us. Amen. So I'm just waiting on you uh, as you get there. Psalms chapter 27. I'm reading from the King James Version. I do read from different other translations, but I really got personal notes in my King James Bible that I don't have in other Bibles that I really like. I've got this chapter marked up, cut in half, dissected. You know, I was sitting here thinking how much of the Word of God that we have as individually have cut up, studied, broke down, dissect the Scriptures. And... How much of God's word has gotten us through certain situations and certain dilemmas? If it wasn't for the word of God, being able to go to our Bibles and read, you know, where would we be? Where would we be emotionally, spiritually, physically as a church, as the body of Christ? You know, how far will we be along when it comes to the word of God? I can't live without it. I've got to have it. And before we share into this revelation, 
I want to share something with you. I went to church uh, with some friends of mine that are apostles, and uh, uh, I had started the church about like nine years ago, and passed it over nine years, fact of the matter, and we did one out of our home, and we had quite a bit of people, close to 50, and it was going great. We've gotten a couple of buildings and, and did a complete circle back into our home. And it was uh, trial and error and, you know, through a lot of struggles and through a lot of hardships, uh, through a lot of uh, personal feelings getting hurt and different things like that. It was a mess. But uh, God had gotten us through, you know, and uh, I'm going to preach one day. I'm just not ready to do it yet on a message the Lord gave me called the Island of Patmos. Uh, it's a personal experience of mine. It's really painful and um, it's uh, very hard to think about what I went through and um, and kind of, you know, you... As a pastor, you feel like a failure. As a pastor, you do everything you can to help your converts, help those who are working with you and those who are helping you in the ministry. Sometimes it it can get really tough and you can get cut really quick, hurt, cut deep, and I mean deep. So I know from experience, but I went to church with some friends of mine that have started a ministry. Uh, it's been going for a good couple of years and uh, very powerful ministers, close friends of mine, and I love them very much. And But uh, I had taken my mom to church. She lives with me and she's going through her personal struggles herself with dementia, with psychosis. She's dealing with... Uh, attack with her kidneys and things like that. We're just believing God for a supernatural Holy Ghost God-given miracle. And sometimes it becomes very stressful. Uh, You know, when your own mother don't know who you are, don't know your name, but yet she remembers you at times and doesn't at other times. It's, It's sad when the very first time I experienced it, she called me her brother. I said, no. She said, you're my sister. I said, no, you're my dad and my mom. I said, no, I'm your son. I'm your baby son. And it hurt really deeply. So I know what it's like. And I know you do too. I believe you could relate with me. Going through hardships. Going through difficulties. And people go through divorces and separations. And people are they get involved in churches that deal with spiritual abuse and hurt people and and sometimes people quit church because they're tired of getting hurt and I understand that but I want to talk about tonight well here where I'm at it's 12 o'clock midnight uh, wherever you're at I don't know but uh, this is on my mind and I wanted to share it I don't know I'm going to preach it or just talk to you a little bit. But Psalms 27, the title 
if I even had a title. I really don't know. Uh, I have another message on this psalm, but uh, and I believe I preached it on the anchor here, but I just wanted to do another one and talk with you a little bit. But the title I have is called uh, <clears throat> What Does It Mean to Fear the Lord? And and I kept thinking about the Hebrew word to fear is reverence. Reverencing the Lord. Reverencing God's presence. You know, being at all of God's presence. And I went to church and they were worshiping and powerful prophetic worship. It's a powerful psalmist, I tell you. This man of God can play the keyboard and he's a psalmist and he opened up a spiritual portal, man, when he was singing. And you could feel it. You could almost sense it and feel it. This portal just opened right up. And he was worshiping. And the Spirit of God was manifesting. And I went up front, you know, and I knelt down on the carpet just underneath the cross where they had uh, set this cross at. And I just knelt down and I began to think about how much, you know, how, how, how much God loves me that he set me free from sin, sickness and disease. Think about that. On the cross bore all our sins, bore all our sicknesses and diseases on himself was our substitute. Just got to thinking about how amazing that was. How awesome every sin that I've ever committed was in the blood of Jesus. All of my subordinate attitude, rebellion, you know, pride, anger, condemnation or guilt, whatever, you know, I went through back in my younger days. Drugs, alcohol, lust, perversion, all in the blood of Jesus. All gone in the blood of Jesus Christ. Sitting there thinking about that. And it caused me to be at all. I just started reverencing him. All I wanted to do was cry. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I was praying in tongues and just praying and worshiping, but all I wanted to do was cry. I came home that from church that night and I was just, I didn't matter what I was trying to do. I was, I was in tears, washing dishes in tears and went to bed kind of just at all at God, you know, not sad or grief, but I was just, my heart was just humbled woke up the next day feeling the same way man all day long I was just like my God God just took my sin why in the world would I rebel against him now you know why would I not trust him now If he did all of that for me, why 
in the world would I doubt him now? I make any sense? Well, here David goes into talking. And many times they say this is Solomon. I've read a couple of commentaries that said that this was Solomon uh, talking to his bride. And I've heard that this was Ahab talking to Jezebel. But also heard that this was Jesus Christ talking to the church. Talking about us. And he was talking to God. But now look at this. It says in verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. One of the things I've noticed here is he said, The Lord is my. And I circled the word my all through this whole entire chapter. And I said, God, this is personal. David is talking personal here. He's talking and he's speaking to you as though it's him talking to you. You ever been personal with the Lord? You ever got aside and got along with God and became so personal? Talking to him and speaking to him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But he's my light. He's my salvation. He's my deliverer. Many times I sit back and I wonder, God, why do you go to the, uh, such extremes to reveal yourself? To make yourself known. To make your power known to me. It's amazing. And he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, my deliverance, spirit, soul, and body, my deliverance. Whom shall I fear? I don't know about you, but I choose to fear the Lord. I choose to reverence him. I choose to believe in his power, in his resurrection anointing. I believe. I'm not moved by what I physically see, but I believe. And God, I fear you. I fear you, God. I don't fear man. I fear you. God, you have the power to change my circumstances. You have the power. You have the anointing to change my situation. Wow. God, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Let's make that personal. The Lord is the strength of my heart. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom I shall be afraid. I don't fear what man can do to me. That's what Paul said. 
I don't fear what man can do. Because nothing can separate me from his love. Sometimes I've gotten angry with God and got frustrated. But he keeps on loving me. Sometimes I sit back and I wonder, God, why? Why? Because he loves me. Because he he wants me to be part of his life. Think about that. My God is my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? Verse 2. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes. I noticed that. He said mine. M-I-N-E. My enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh. Very personal. They shall fall and stumble. I don't know about your enemies. But I know when it comes to me and it comes to my intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, my enemies will will crumble. My enemies are going to fall flat on their face because I fear the Lord, because I reverence his anointing. I reverence his power and his authority in my life. Verse 3 says, Though in, though though in host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That's a choice. That's a choice. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. David goes on to say this one thing. I have. This one thing have I desired of the Lord. This is one desire that I have that is so strong that I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Mm. and to acquire of his temple. Wow. Oh, God, I love you. I love your holiness. I love your righteousness and your judgment. God, your wisdom is beautiful. God, when you reveal your word to me, In such an intimate way. Wow. It's amazing. God, when you talk to me. God, when you speak to my heart. And you speak to my mind. And you reveal yourself to me. Through. Your word. It's amazing. God, when you split open the sky and come down with an arrow, pierce my heart with your love. 
with your grace, with your mercy. And you give me the strength that I need to overcome. It's amazing. God, I desire to be in your presence. I'd rather dwell in the courts of God than to dwell elsewhere in this world. God, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. Wow, God, this is powerful. This is personal. See, you can make this personal. As you're going through this psalm with me, we're making it personal. God, I fear you because I know without a doubt in my mind that you're going to manifest yourself and you're going to pull me up out of my pit. You're going to pull me up out of my fear. You're going to pull me up out of my discouragement. I know, God, that your power and your anointing is going to quicken my mortal body and you're going to raise me up. God, you're so amazing. Your power, your majesty, your holiness is amazing. God, the Bible said David danced before you with all of his might. God, because you're so perfect. God, you're so holy. My enemies will fall because of you. Because of your anointing. Because of your grace. Just like Job had a hedge about him. Thank you, God, because Psalms 91 says that I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. God, you're the only true God. There's many false gods out there, but Jehovah Jireh is my God. Jehovah Messiah is my God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Hadoboku Shatayvilikamoto. In the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow to you. My God, Jesus. Whew. Man, this is powerful to me. I hope you're being blessed. But then verse 5, David says, In the temple, excuse me, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. You shall hide me under the shadow of the Almighty. When trouble comes, when turbulence comes, and I get on my face, and I seek the face of God, you're going to hide me in your pavilion. I'm going to be underneath your tent. I'm going to be underneath your shadow. See, this is how much, God, you love me. Because I believe when I put my faith in you, and I put my trust in you, and I put my confidence in you, you're going to cover me and protect me like a father would his own child. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. He shall set me upon a rock. And his name is Jesus Christ. The only Savior that can save man from all their sins. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I was thinking of this song a couple days ago. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love my Jesus because he first loved me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hiding me in your pavilion. Thank you for hiding me under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, this is you talking to me. God, this is your prophetic word speaking to me. Thank you for setting me upon the rock of Jesus. Verse 6 says, And now shall my head be lifted above my enemies <laughs> around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. I will sing praises unto God, David says. See, I believe the secret to getting into that pavilion is not only having confidence and reverence in God, but when you enter into worship, you enter into praise, you are setting yourself up to be covered up with God's pavilion. Praise Him with everything you got. Excuse me. Praise Him with everything you got. Worship Him with everything you got. Worship Him when you don't feel like it. Magnify His name when you don't feel like it. Lift those heavy hands, the Bible says. Lift up those heavy hands. Oh, my God. I was just asking someone today that came to visit me. And I said, it says here, what does it mean to fear God? When I got to thinking about the opposite, what does it mean not to fear God? Is it lack of trust? You know, God, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I don't think you can help me with this problem. I think I got to do the 12-step plan in order for me to get victory. 
God, you know, I know maybe last time you healed my body, but this time, I don't know. I probably should take my medicine. But God, you know, mm, I know maybe I should pay my tithes, but you know, God, I don't know if you're going to really help me this time. Lack of trust. You ever thought maybe that might grieve God's presence? Now, if you're taking medication prescribed by a doctor, now don't be stupid. You know, use wisdom. Have confidence in God and pray before you take your medicine. My faith ain't in the medicine. My faith is in you. I had open heart surgery three years ago. I'm going on four years now. I had draw cupola heart surgery. I had two 80% blockage and two 50% blockage. And I have to take medication, heart medication, to keep my cholesterol down and keep my blood pressure down and, and to keep my blood thin, I guess. Blood thinners, I'm taking three of them. And I, my faith ain't in those pills. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in God's anointing. And I think that we need to reevaluate. We need to step back and look at this psalm and say, you know what? Am I really fearing God? Am I really reverencing God's presence? Am I really trusting God to manifest himself? Am I really trusting God you know, you ever heard that old song, Where Could I Go But To The Lord? Am I really going to Him about my problems? Or am I going to other people and trying to get counsel from human beings? And I'm not saying God don't use them. But are we putting our confidence in other things other than Him? Think about that. Just meditate upon what I'm saying. Verse 7, the Bible says, it says here, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and have mercy upon me and answer me. Will thou, or when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. You know, that's a good decision to make. That's a good choice right there to, to really say, You know what? I'm going to seek him no matter what. I don't care what brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so says. I'm going to set my heart toward heaven. I'm going to set my face toward heaven and seek the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords no matter what. I love the psalm. David says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. 
leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. You know, when I read this scripture and I think about this scripture, sometimes, even though we know the Bible says in Hebrews that he never leaves us nor forsakes us, but don't you ever sometimes wonder, God, where are you? You know, God, I I sit back and I wonder, Lord, you know, where are you at in my life? Sometimes I feel your presence and sometimes I don't. Sometimes, Lord, I sit back and wonder if I'm a Christian or if I'm not a Christian. God, where are you? Have I blasphemed the Holy Ghost? Have I have I rejected your will or something? Did I disobey your voice? Where are you, God? Do you even care? You know, when I read Psalms, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it just makes me feel like sometimes, man, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like, God, who are you? And then I sometimes I wonder, man, I can't feel that way. I'm a preacher. But I'm human. And sometimes I sit back and I wonder, God, where are you at in my life? But then there's times when I know without a doubt in my mind, he's right there. And there's times when, when I have to grab this Bible and I have to grab the word of God and I have to just put it to my heart, to my chest, and wrap my arms around it like I'm doing now. And I have to say to God, I love your word. And I've got to have the word. I've got to depend upon this word because everything else will fail. Everything else will fall and crumble. But your word, the Bible says, stands forever. See, everybody's opinion, everybody's opinion about the word will fail. But the word will never fail. But if your opinion backs up the word of God and your opinion in the name of Jesus is being led by the Holy Ghost and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to stir your faith up in the word of God, my friend, you're not going to fail. I like that old scripture, even though what we're talking about, the Bible says love never fails. But also, I believe that the word never fails. God's word never fails. When you feel like God ain't there, he's there. He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But you know, David felt like God had forsaken him. David felt like when he was praying that God wasn't there. You know, when I experienced the island of Patmos in my life for two years before I had open heart surgery, I went down a, I went down a, a huge valley for two years I was broken I was angry I was hurt I was so discouraged and I was so angry with God and people excuse me in the church I was so mad at people who I thought were there for me I thought who loved me And it was not there. I fell flat on my face. Reality hit me. And I was in a valley. And I heard a prophet I was talking to on the phone. And this prophet was driving truck. 
And this prophet spoke to me. And this prophet said to me, you've been in this valley for two years. I'll never forget it. It was on, it was like 1230 at night. And then we had to let go because they had to uh, stop driving truck and their time ran out and they had to go to sleep so they could get up early in the morning so they could drive truck again. And they had to let me go. And I sit up from 1230 to 3.30 in the morning arguing with God about how that prophet was wrong. And God spoke to me. It was 3.30 in the morning. And I visualized. It's like I saw it in a vision. And I saw from the beginning of this valley to where I was, it was two years straight. I was stunned. I could not believe that it was two years. It felt like I was in this valley for a day or two. It felt like like this valley was was just, it started yesterday. I can't explain that. I don't know how to explain that. It just felt like I lost all sense of time. And what God showed me, I was like, oh my God. I got down on my face and repented for allowing myself to be in this valley. For allowing the mindset and all of these thoughts going through my mind. And you know what he said to me? He said, I love you, David. How? I cannot wrap my mind around that thought. All the things I said about you, God, all the things that I've done, I threw your Bible down, mad, angry, frustrated, irritated, mad at Christians, mad at everybody, mad at the cat, could not understand. In spite of what I was going through in my mind, God said, David, I love you. I love you. And I had to forgive myself. And it took a minute to get, for me to forgive myself. But once I did, and I kept doing it by faith, I'll tell you that. My confidence was in God. The stronger it got, the more stronger I got. And I'll tell you, God set me free. Spirit, soul, and body, emotionally, everything. I think about it today, but I don't get angry about it anymore. I don't get sad or depressed about it. I just look at and say, okay, I know that's not going to happen again. I see how that happened and I'm not going down there. Do you, you, do you know I fight that battle every day? The devil throws that up in my face every day and I have a choice. I can allow those thoughts to be entertained or I can push down those thoughts. Just like Paul said, Casting down, casting down. That's repetitiously. Casting down those imaginations. Casting, I-N-G. Casting down those imaginations. Cast them down 40 times a day, 55 times a day. I'm casting down. I'm casting down these imaginations. I'm casting down these imaginations. And I believe David felt like, God, where are you? I mean, you can imagine it because back then in the Old Testament, the anointing fell on them. The anointing's not in them, but the anointing's in us. 
That's why the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Because the anointing's inside of us. If that makes any sense. In closing with these scriptures, verse 9 says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Notice, personal. Leave me not, <clears throat> excuse me, forsake me. Neither forsake me, O oh my God of salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O oh Lord. Lead me in the path, in plain path. Because of my enemies. Teach me, Lord. I'll never forget this one prophet that I was listening to one time on Facebook. And he made a statement. He said, have you ever studied how the enemy attacks you? Have you ever sat back and took inventory on how Satan attacks? He attacks. And he fights us. And he comes against us. And we need to study how he attacks. We need to study his strategies so that we know how to overcome. Listen to this. I got to hurry up. Verse 12. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies for false witness who rise up against me in such a as a breathy or breathe out cruelty. I have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thee or strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Now I challenge you also as in closing this message to look at chapter 28 and read the whole psalm there. They all go together. These two psalms go back to back. And I believe I'll preach uh, the next chapter 28. It's like what we did here. We'll do another one. I want to encourage you today. Don't give up. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing in your Christian walk with God, don't ever give up. Heavenly Father, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would manifest yourself upon those who are listening to my podcast. We ask you, God, to encourage them and strengthen them to get through whatever they're going through. And God, if they're good and, and everything's great, we'll ask you to help them, to help their family members and other people around about them that they know of that's going through struggles. God, give them courage give them hope just like you did David just like you did me God just like you did my brothers and sisters that are listening to this podcast encourage them God bless them in Jesus name we pray amen <laughs>